Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 218 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. I think we're the longest. Yeah, we're like the longest running Jay. We've got to be the longest running Jay's podcast. No, nah, not point. quite, but we're we're up there. I mean, we're, it's got to be close. Yeah, we're got to be up four there. Four and a half years in now, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We're back. We are. It's going to be one of those things where if there's nothing for us to talk about, we don't want to talk. <laughs> because what are we supposed to say? It took a while for the dam to break. Uh, here we are now. Um, we've got stuff to talk about, which is exciting. Um, Justin, in a word, how much has uh, the winter and the shortening days sapped your energy as a human? substantially it's insane We've i don't remember suffering this much yeah, it's currently just after the five here in saskatoon and it's been dark for like 40 minutes already yeah but the good I news is we got eight more days until the solstice and then the days will start getting longer again so yeah but do you <laughs> find like i just find uh, once we hit like early november or whenever the time change was it would just suck the life clean out of me yeah, I don't, I don't have to do the time change because Saskatchewan. Uh, Farmers, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, I, the, the thing that makes it the worst, like, I don't even mind the darkness. It's the bitter cold that makes it impossible to go outside most of the time here that sucks the most for me. I feel like humans were meant to hibernate. Yeah, I would have loved to <laughs> be a bear, you know? Bears bears haven't made. Like, they just eat a shit ton in the fall and then sleep most of the winter. So, Godless killing machines <laughs> is all they are to me. That's they're incredible uh well we could go on a huge stream of consciousness on bears but we're not going to because we're not a chicago cubs podcast we're (laughs) we're a gd toronto blue jays podcast and if you like what we do follow us at bfmd podcast on twitter go ahead and dm or tweet us your questions i'm no longer on twitter so oh did elon ban you sayonara (laughs) no i did i just i just shut it off there's no point Anything we need to say, we're going to use our Twitter, so... Yep. Yeah. Um, we're That's on okay. Anchor. Uh, Blue Jays subreddit, it'll post every relevant tweet for you anyway. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but what... I mean, we'll talk about... I want to talk about Chris Anderson, uh, too, before we get into it, too. Because he's our, our boy. Long-time friend of the guy, show. Our man. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Website is bfmdpodcast.com. We should really do something with that at some point. <laughs> uh, and we will. Um, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Go ahead and leave us a review of five stars or less. Uh, and uh, that'll help us uh, get uh, more eyeballs on our our podcast. So let's talk. Do you want to? So we, we didn't really do an episode since... Chris Anderson uh, uh, made his announcement. Yeah, no. Uh, um, it makes I, it sound more fucking controversial than it is, but it's not. And it's not. He's just our guy. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, he's, he was with Jay's Journal for a long time. Uh, those of you who have listened to the show for forever know we've had Hendo on many times. Uh, we love doing our preseason kind of predictions episode with Hendo uh, and sometimes a little mid-season free trade deadline when time allows episode as well too but he's a busy guy uh, he's a country music musician a legend in Saskatchewan anyway and uh yeah the guy's busy uh, he was teaching full-time for a while during the pandemic I'm not sure if he's still doing that or not but 
We'll yeah. have him back on. He'll come back. Oh yeah, he'll be back probably in the spring. I imagine. I don't. I don't see. He's, he's still going to be talking about the Blue Jays. He's not going anywhere for that. He's just no longer going to be writing articles for Jays Journal. So big loss he, for them. But um, yeah, yeah, let's talk though. Well, before we do, let's wrap up. I I love. He put out a single this year called "Don't Want to Talk." If you want to check it out, it's on Spotify. It's uh, a great song. Um. And then you can listen to all his classics like Kissing Sadie, My Regret. Uh, there's lots of great tunes on Spotify, so there you go. A little cheap plug for our friend. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to miss his writing for Jay's Journal, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll force him to come on our show <laughs> still. Uh, I, I imagine he'll be back and writing at some point. I don't see him stopping forever. He's did it for so long. I think it was kind of a part of his life, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up doing something in some way, shape, or form. I think that's what we're all hoping. Um, but let's do one more. There's one more thing before we get into baseball, Justin, that we have to talk about. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Jedi. Jedi? Jedi Survivor. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're Star Wars guys, and <laughs> always have been. Uh, always will be. I am pretty friggin' excited for Jedi Survivor. I didn't finish Jedi... Uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order, yeah, and I will. It. It's on my list. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's on my list. Is there a PS5 upgrade to uh, Fallen Order? Uh, I... I don't know. I believe there was one for Xbox, so I would be surprised if there wasn't. But I haven't played it since I got my Series X. I only ever played it on three or on Xbox One. Um, okay. But I will have to replay it again. Uh, How hype are you for a Jedi Survivor? Because it's I think it's going to be. It's going to surprise people. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty excited. I mean, anytime we get more content within. Like between the time of the Empire rising and the first Death Star being blown up is always a bonus. That's why <laughs> shows like Andor were so good, which we don't need to get into because it was amazing. Um, there's nothing really to say about it. It's just so fucking good. But uh, it's really yeah, fucking good, yeah, I uh, I I am excited for Jedi Survivor just because it's it's obviously it's jumping five years ahead of where the first game was. It's around the same year that the Kenobi show took place, so kind of really the height of the Empire's power. Whereas Andor is kind of showing more the beginning-ish. They're still kind of taking hold of the galaxy. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how what, like, what storylines they do. Because we don't have much Disney canon uh, material from this era. There's obviously lots of old Star Wars Legends stuff that they could Yeah, this is play, before Rebels. It's before Andor. It's yeah. before... Or it's after Bad Batch, right? After Bad it? Batch, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's it's kind of in the middle of everything that's been done so far. Um, so it's it's really gonna be interesting to see how they or what they do and what storylines they follow. But obviously, it's gonna be fun to see kind of more story and more uh, about a, a Jedi Padawan who escaped Order sixty six and has lived for like basically ten years since that moment now. So it's gonna be pretty crazy to see how it how it goes. Yep, I agree. Um, here's the thing with this: it's a, it's, it's in a new engine, which it, I mean, obviously this game is going to be a lot prettier. Yeah, I'm really invested in the story, and it's not just Cal 
Kestis that I'm interested in. I want to see what happens to the whole crew mm -hmm. that was on the ship. Uh, and the trailer didn't give us very much. No. So, no. also, if they're saying he's a Jedi Knight now, who knighted him? Yeah, I mean, who knighted him? Who knighted Luke? Really? He kind of just Yoda. Yeah, sort of. Who knighted? Who knighted <laughs> Cal Kestis? <laughs> who knows? Who knighted him? Wasn't Obi Wan? Wasn't Yoda? I who think the. I, I think you're getting a little too into the semantics of the whole thing, but he's not. Is he a Jedi? Who knighted him? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just I'm just messing around. I, I I'm really excited for this game, and I, I I think I was watching some of the trailers that dropped during the game awards, and that one really stuck out to me as being like really exciting. I'm not excited at all for Destiny Two stuff. I've stopped playing. It's just too. There's too much fucking grind. I can't. Yeah, I, don't enjoy I it. I've I've not been playing Destiny Two as much. I will play the expansion because I've just stuck with it so long that I kinda have to. Sunk cost. <laughs> yeah, it's a sunk cost at this point. But that's yeah, sad. the the more that it goes on, like the season like the seasonal setup that they have is just it's just boring. And the game, like the community in general is not happy right now. But this isn't yeah. a Destiny Two podcast or a video game podcast. So. No, I know, but I just want to talk about Star Wars anyway. Yeah. It's yeah, just no, that's it's, that's all I want to say was It's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to there's a bunch of cool games that are come out next year, but uh ever since post uh Rise of Skywalker, I feel like there is like a new uh a new level of excitement with Star Wars cuz I th I thought the sequel trilogy I mean, it's fun, but it's not it doesn't didn't give me what I wanted. It doesn't make me want to rewatch it, you know? Like, well, yeah, I, mean, I would say I'm. I could go back and watch the original trilogy over and over again. On repeat, yeah, forever. Yeah. Uh, even the prequel trilogy, I'm not going to rewrite history, but like, even the prequels they stand more, on their own better. Yeah, more watchability than the sequels, that's for sure. I think Revenge of the Sith is underrated. I've I said this my whole time. Fourth best Star Wars movie. You think Revenge of the Sith is the fourth best Star Wars movie? I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it goes it, it goes Empire, New Hope, Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and then Rogue Revenge One. Ah, uh, Rogue One. Yeah, I'm I'm talking like uh, numbered movies. Rogue One no, is definitely. No, you're not allowed to do one. that because you got to include. Yeah, you're right. Rogue, not, I'm Rogue not one saying one. you have to include Ewoks, <laughs> Caravan of Hope. I'm saying like Rogue One has to be a yeah, part Rogue, of it now. Rogue One is excellent. Yes. I would put Rogue. Actually, I would. Even, this might be blasphemous. It is. Don't say it. I'm going to say it. I think Rogue One is a top three Star Wars movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say number one. No. Oh. Fuck no. It's Empire Strikes it's Back. It's Empire, yeah. That's considered one of the top ten movies of all time. Yeah. Even by stuffy critics. Yeah. You're right. It's Empire Strikes Back. No, so Rogue One is excellent. I have nothing bad to say about it. I enjoy the movie. I will always watch it before I watch A New Hope because it just leads right into it. It's basically a it's double a masterpiece. Feature. It's just so good. All right, let's get into baseball, baseball because please. we're 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 gonna end up spending an hour and a half talking about fucking Star Wars. Yes. Let's talk about it, Justin. Let's go through all the exciting shit that the Jays did and uh, maybe a little bit of speculation. Yeah. So the Blue Jays. Um, much to the delight of Twitter and Reddit people, finally, as they would say, made a move. Um, they signed right-hander Chris Bassett, who is coming off uh, some years with the New York Mets, to a three-year, $63 million contract, an average value of $21 million. Um, it's a really great deal because it makes the Blue Jays' rotation 
just that much deeper. Uh, you've got, obviously, Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman as your number one and two, basically 1A, 1B. You've got Chris Bassett, who slots in likely as your third starter, and then you've got Jose Barrios, who should rebound and be one of the better fourth starters in Major League Baseball, um, yeah. with Yusei Kikuchi and Mitch White left to duel over the fifth spot. Chris Bassett's great. I'm super excited about this. Um, one of the best sinkers in baseball, 49% ground ball rate last year. Another guy who will benefit a tremendous amount from having Matt Chapman at third base. Chris Black, uh, Sportsnet producer, at Down to Black on Twitter. Um, nobody last year in baseball gave up more base runners on grounders to third than Bassett did. The Mets did not have good third base defense. So having a, gold, a platinum glove winner in Matt Chapman will definitely help <laughs> big time. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the, here's what I really like about this. Uh, let's start from the very tippy top of the rotation. First of all, we've got our our aces. Uh, Alec Manoa. I know lots of people are expecting him to regress backwards, but he's not. So deal with it. Yep. Uh, Kevin Gossman is a number two. Uh, I love it. He'd be a number one on like half the league. Be number one on like twenty five teams. <laughs> Chris Bassett is a number two pitcher. Yep. Uh, on more than half the league, and he's our number three. Jose Barrios would be a number two starter on pretty much every team, uh, were it not for the fact that he had an absolute fucking disastrous twenty twenty two. But he's had one down year his entire career, and everybody thinks he's Shelby Miller. Yeah, they're ready to like. Throw more away, basically. It's crazy how DFA. It's insane. It's crazy it's how fast like, people turn on a player. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I hate modern media so much. And then we've got Yusei Kikuchi, who stabilized a little bit at the end of the year. I think he still finished with an ERA of like four point seven one. There were a lot of games that obviously he pitched us to a loss. Yeah, and that I mean, we can pin on him. But what name a team in in baseball history who's won eighty percent of their games? based there on exciting pitching there aren't any so i mean if if you're if you're going into a season where you've got yuskakuchi as your number five where last year he was expected to be like maybe a number four three at times now he's at at best a number five starter that's not terrible this the rotation depth is still a concern to me because if one of the top four guys were to miss any sort of significant time which obviously you hope won't happen but you have to plan for it um that's going to elevate mitch white and kikuchi in the rotation as it stands now which is a concern to me i'm not worried about kikuchi pitching i'm worried about mitch white pitching yeah and i mean that's like five alarm if mitch white is <laughs> pitching then why not bring back edwin jackson oh that's that's pretty harsh. Don't don't you disrespect Evan Jackson like that. Uh, <laughs> last year, like I mean, Mitch White. Nah, he, he struggled. Three, he a had a three eighty seven FIP last year, but a five forty five ERA. Yeah, X FIP was not great, but I mean, he was still a one point three WAR pitcher for the year. Yeah, in truth, he struggled uh, when he came to Toronto, but Big if time. he he only uh, pitched, uh, I think it was. It wasn't very many games. Um, I don't know, like 
I'll tell you. He pitched, he pitched in uh, 10 games for the Blue Jays. Eight of them were starts. His ERA in that time was not good. It was 774, but his FIP was 376. So there was a reasonable amount of, of bad luck. I mean, the guy who gave up less home runs per nine innings at the Blue Jays than he did at the Dodgers. He just His BABIP was 100 points higher. So it's it's just it's it's tough to it's tough to base a guy off of forty three innings pitch, is all I'll say. It was bad. It and was the not team good. Was, the team was also bad in every game that he pitched in. Yeah, which uh, is true. <laughs> which makes sense. Opponents were had an eight fifty eight slug against or uh, OPS sorry. OPS, yeah. Uh, against him. Uh, during those uh, 43 innings. It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like the goal should be have him as a swing man or, or long reliever, whatever yes, you want to call it. I agree with that. The goal should not be for Mitch White to be a starter. It's too much pressure for him. And I, I'm not, that's, look, uh, he had some some bad innings. I don't I, I don't think he would shy away from it. No, he would, that, he'd be the first to admit that, I imagine. Yeah, the numbers don't lie, but at the same time, uh, the fifth don't lie. Uh, there's, there's something, something there. Yeah, there's something there. It'll be interesting to see how an off season and then settling in and work, maybe working with Pete Walker if he's still the pitching coach going into next year. He he is. Yeah. The, yeah. I suppose he is. He is. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I think. Uh, I I like this rotation. I think even if one of them does go down, I still think there's. Even this rotation at eighty percent strength is good enough to, you know, tread enough water before we have we'll go back to full strength. It's just Manoa, Gossman, Bassett are. It's too strong. This is a really strong rotation. Yeah, they're 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 relatively solid. I would say. <laughs> There's no flamethrower really. I guess if you want to count. Gossman. I mean, Goss can throw 97, 98, but I mean, yeah, that's true. The thing is, is you don't need flamethrowers in your rotation. You need those guys in the pen. You need you need guys like Manoa who can get stronger as the game goes on and add velocity as the innings go on. Right? You need guys who don't get tired after fifty pitches. You've got to have those workhorses. Yeah, and that's who the Jays have in their rotation. They've got guys who are capable of giving you six or seven innings every time, which is ideally what you want, right? Yeah, I know this is. I know. I'm going to rustle your jimmies here uh, with a suggestion. Um, apparently, he hasn't gotten too much interest. I don't think Noah Syndergaard is completely... I don't want him. Why are you so against him? I don't think he has anything left to offer as a valuable starting pitcher. I think he is... I don't want to say washed up, but... Oh. He's I only think, two seasons removed from, you know. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, look at last year. He he struck out less than innings. six and a half batters per nine, Patrick. Like, he's – and he only he, – he, like, he, th- he only st- – he started 24 games and only threw 134 innings. Like, the guy just doesn't have much left to offer as a starting pitcher. I, I understand he was still worth 2.2 war last year. And have a reasonably good right. numbers, like in terms of like ERA and FIP and everything. But I just right. don't think that what he's gonna want for money is gonna be worth what you're gonna get from him. 
That's just that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, I, you're. I'm super yeah, you're low on him. <laughs> you're probably right. I'm not super low on him, but he is a reclamation project for any organization that does sign him because of the injuries. Because like he missed 2020. Yeah. Uh, he only pitched two innings in 2021, and in 2022 last year he was uh, underwhelming. I think is probably the yeah I mean, generous look. term we've got like we've already said we've got four really good starting pitchers in this rotation if if he's gonna be a fifth guy sure but i think he'll get exposed if he's expected to be anything more than that mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it's, it's it'd be it'd be cool to see him f- come full circle and play in toronto after being drafted by the blue jays but i just don't think it's really worth it at this point, I think the money that you would spend on him is better spent on outfield, <laughs> which we can talk about in a bit here. Yeah, I mean, just oh my man. opinion. <laughs> we we could talk about this more maybe another episode. I think I mean the Chris Bassett signing. Yeah, let's uh, let's give it perfect, another few days, right? We'll see what yeah, happens. <laughs> perfect term, three years. That's ideal. Yeah, given he's thirty three. Yep. Yep. Uh, perfect, sixty three million. So that's twenty one million a year. Uh, given the market, pretty solid deal. Very good. Underrated deal in the market. Uh, he's getting paid more than Manoa, Barrios, Kikuchi, White. And isn't Gossman like 17.5 I can't remember exactly what the terms of the deal are. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a short-term, higher-value deal for a guy who may never get this long of a contract again. He'll be 36 when it's up. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really solid. It's, it's one of the the more shrewd deals in this market um, because he fits the window of Blue Jays uh, with this current team, basically. I mean, Vladdy and Bo are both going to be free agents, I believe, in like the 2026, right after this contract's over. So there's going to be a lot of money that comes off the books at the right time to throw at those guys. And then you can reuse the, that you can retool the team again with more players like a Chris Bassett um, I was talking to a friend the other day who was like, why aren't the Blue Jays going after Carlos Rodon? And I said, it's because he wants, A, he wants too much money, and B, he wants like a seven-year contract, which you just don't really give to a 30-year-old player, let alone a pitcher. I mean, Aaron Judge just got a big contract as a 30-year-old, but he's also was the reigning MVP, whereas Rodon was not. Um, but... I, I said like they're they're gonna look for a guy and I said a guy like a Chris Bassett who is older. I didn't think they're gonna sign Bassett, but I said they're gonna look for a guy like that who is older who they can get on a lower term deal. I said look at what the Mets did with Scherzer last year and now with Verlander, right? Very short deals, high value for guys who can help you win today. And then in two years when those deals are up, or three years in Bassett's case, you can do the same thing again if you want to there's that money is going to be freed up again right so yeah it makes sense in the current window of the team uh th- does this signal to you that ryu is likely not going to pitch at all this year i i think that's what they're planning for anything you get from hundred Ryu at this point is a is an uber is bonus, bonus. Yeah. but i would not i would not budget any ryu innings in this season no i wouldn't either i think it is what it is it's really sad because obviously it's really too bad ryu yeah is Still hanging around the team. The t- I think he's gone back to Korea for the winter, but he's mm-hmm. very popular amongst the the staff. 
beloved, and I think he'll still be around Toronto rehabbing. I mean, yeah, he's under contract with the team. Likely will be working with team physicians, I would imagine, mostly in Florida yeah. throughout the yeah, season. Yeah. And, and I mean, if anything happens, I mean, we'll be the first to, to talk about it. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. Like, Let's move on from Chris Bass and talk about the other signing that hasn't quite happened, but probably is going to happen. Yeah. Um, we don't quite have the details. This is one that I didn't see coming. And I'll be honest with you. I am unhappy. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah. So Kevin Kiermeyer has agreed to terms with the Blue Jays, but we don't know quite what those are yet. They haven't announced what the length of the contract or the value is. Speculation in the industry is that it's somewhere between eight and ten million dollars per year. Um, he was due to make, I believe, like twelve point five with the Rays on his option, but they declined it. They bought him out for two and a half million. So obviously, the deal should be somewhere less than that. Um, everyone in, who's a Blue Jay fan knows Kevin Kiermaier from his time with the Tampa Bay Rays. Very good center fielder defensively. He has struggled with offense in recent seasons. He had hip surgery, similar to how Matt Chapman had hip surgery uh, a couple seasons ago. And I know Chappie talked about how the hip surgery took him a year to recover from, and he only really felt healthy this last season again. So I think the Jays are betting on Kiermaier having some sort of similar renaissance. What I will say, Patrick, my my. I was not my initial gut reaction to this was similar to you. I was not really happy about it. I was like this guy doesn't have much to offer offensively. He's a eighth or ninth hitter at best when he's in the lineup, but he plays really good center field. The thing with with that this season is that because of the sh- changes to the shift rule, the Jays aren't not going to be able to do format outfields anymore. They're going to have to revert back to good old baseball three-man outfield and balls in the gaps are going to be either critical that they're caught if possible or that they are cut off in the shortest amount of time possible and Kiermaier is a guy who can play very good outfield defense for you and I mean run prevention is nearly as important if not as important as scoring runs because it doesn't matter how many runs you're scoring if you're still giving up more than the other team you're going to lose and with the Blue Jays pitching staff the way they are, they're they don't they, outside of Gosman they don't have a ton of strikeouts in their rotation. Brios is capable of it, obviously, but Manoa's more of a ball and play kind of guy. Bassett's a ground ball guy. These guys are going to put balls in play, and they're going to need their defense to to help them out. And I think Kiermaier is a guy who can do that. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I'm still it's the bat that's a concern to oh, go yeah. from. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez to Kevin Kiermaier is, uh, that one hurts. But. <laughs> Look at it this way too, though. Uh, since 2018, Kiermaier actually has more war than Teoscar, even though he's played in much less uh, games. Yes. It's just defense is weighted much I, more in Kiermaier's favor. I knew you were going to bring this up. I just wanted to, I just want to make it clear. Like I, I, I know Teoscar is light years ahead of Kiermaier offensively, but in terms of total contributions to the team, yeah, I know. I say it's a it's almost a wash for me. Like Yeah, it's pretty close. I'd still Look, it is what it is. We've already traded Tasker Hernandez. Is the I think 
in my mind, I, I, I hate even using this stupid-ass phrase because it, it just means that we're going to make Moneyball quotes for 10 minutes. <laughs> Is the goal going to be to recreate Teoscar Hernandez in the aggregate by combining the forces of Otto Lopez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., with Mary Field, with Maryfield, Kevin Biggio, and now Kevin Kiermeyer? Are we going to just platoon, rotate all these fuckers, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> hope to God... We yeah. get the uh, offensive production that we got from Teo. I I don't I don't think that's the plan. I I, I oh, truly do believe really that the team so. that they're still working on something. There are still options out there in free agency or trade for outfielders. Michael I Brantley. Mean, yeah, I was gonna say if they want to do another short term deal like they just did with Bassett, they could give Brantley two years with an option or something too. I mean, it's. Do you want Michael Brantley? Uh, when you wake up in the morning. Do you think, man, I want a Michael Brantley? <laughs> That's not what I wake up in the morning thinking about, no, but I mean, <laughs> would I say no to having a guy who's being a thorn in the Blue Jays' side finally not being against us? Yeah, I, I would like that. I just, he's 35, too. Like, these, these, lots of yeah, these guys are older. Played, he but, only played uh, uh, 64 games last yeah, year. Yeah, I was just going to say, that was that's the big but, is that he would likely DH a lot of the time, too, and those, those at-bats are already... That's Kirk. As it stands, it's Kirk Springer... Vladdy, Bo, whoever needs to row through, rotate through that that DH spot to get a day off their feet, and I mean, yeah, Kirk is way, Kirk's bat is more valuable than Brantley's at this point. Um, so I mean, you're gonna want to give the majority of your at bats to him. So it's it's really it's really tough to because you you, you need a guy who can play in the outfield almost every day. That's, Are you ready? That's what yeah, you're we're gonna talk about this right now. All right, let's do it. We've got. Well, obviously, Kevin Kiermaier's probably signed. Um, there's Michael Brantley, Will Myers, A.J. Pollock. Uh, here it is. Here comes Cole Water. Oh, boy. Joey Gallo. <laughs> Adam Duvall. Andrew Benintendi. Uh, Tommy Pham. No, there's no chance. Tommy the most Pham. interesting name there is Dave Joey Gallo. Peralta. Jerkson uh, Profar, Cole Calhoun, Robbie Grossman, Corey. The Dick Man is available. Dickity Dick Dick. Uh, Tyler Naquin, Rymel Tapia. Obviously, Tapia. <laughs> they, pff, no. They're obviously not interested. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, it, I, honestly, out of all this, even though he did not get vaccinated, that doesn't matter anymore. Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I'd say Benintendi or Gallo, in my opinion. Um, Do you want to uh, chuck a three year three-year deal at Andrew Benintendi he's 29 or well he'll be 29 when the season is starts early he's a left-handed bat um if you want to criticize his stats he hit 295 or no sorry uh 304 last year with uh the Yankees in 120 games started 126 played yeah, he started with Kansas City too. Like power is not really there. Uh, I mean, like it used to be. No, but I mean, if you're gonna be starting Kiermaier, what's he's fast? He's fast as fuck, man. He's, he can. He's, he's got player. wheels. Yeah, I mean, he's interesting. Gallo interests me too, just because again, it's, it's a it's a reclamation project. But I mean, he plays. He no. does play really good outfield defense. No. And can hit for power. I mean. No. It depends on what the what the contract is, but I, I I don't see it happening. I'm just saying he does interest me a little. He got bit. paid ten million dollars last year, so yeah, yeah, that's almost the problem. eleven. <laughs> uh, he hit buck ninety nine in twenty twenty one. 
the Yankees, and he hit a uh, buck sixty. Yeah, that's a the zero point zero four WAR despite hitting nineteen monster dongs. That is the problem. That I'd rather Andrew Benintendi, even if he is not vaccinated, and you can say what you want to say about that. At this point, we've yeah, we've said everything that we need to yeah. say. Um, I don't know what his projected salary. What is what does Sportrack say? Hold on, what is his market value? They say Andrew Benintendi's market value is seventeen point four million dollars. I think you can get him for less if you offer him term, four years. Do you want term though? Forty eight million. And he'd still get at least another contract at 32. Yeah. I. Eh, that might be a little low. That's a low ball. It's an, op- it's, it's an option. I mean, the there's still Michael Conforto out there who everybody seems to have forgotten about. Yeah. Um, I think that's intentional. but Yeah, yeah mostly intentional. And there's still some pretty big names. Mitch Haniger. <laughs> or yeah. no, he signed. Sorry. Yeah, he Mitch Haniger signed. signed a couple days ago, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, so I mean, there's still oh, some. Jock uh, Peterson. Yeah, no, he's in San Francisco. No, he did. Okay, I missed all the San Francisco stuff except for the one that we're gonna talk about. Yeah, so I mean, um, there are options. I mean, there's the trade market. The Pirates are shopping Brian Reynolds for an arm and a leg. Yeah, what are we gonna have to deal for that? It'll be like Moreno plus plus plus. Yeah, there'd be that. some there'd be some stuff in that one. Um, I'm not doing that. Andrew Benatendi, you can just pay for. He's not going to get $17.4 million. I guarantee it. Yeah, I think you're probably uh, right. Who's going to sign him for that much? He won't yeah. go back to Boston. He's <laughs> not going to go back to the Yankees. He, he, the Yankees, I guess the Yankees he want him. The Yankees do want him. Um, they do? They do. Yeah, they're still working on him. Interesting. That was the latest rumor I saw on Twitter. That's, ov- that's going to have to be an overpay, though. Probably. The Yankees are good at that. Um, yeah. AO. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's looking, I mean, you've got internal options. I hate to say it. Like they added, um, Spencer Horowitz who can play some outfield to the roster. You got Addison Barger as well. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, your, your current outfield, once you add in Kiermaier is Guriel, Lopez, Nathan Lucas, Whit Merrifield, George Springer, and then Kevin Kiermaier. So there's six guys on the roster who play outfield. Um, Nathan Lucas is the only lefty right now until Kiermaier joins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Blue Jays... Because their, their bench is going to be relatively young players this year. Outside of, like, the Merrifield, the Biggio, the Espinal, you're going to have, like, an Otto Lopez, Otto, a yeah. Barger, or a Horwitz on the bench. Um, because those guys are ready to test their medal in the major leagues uh nate lucas too is probably i mean, he's not young but he'll be he'll be competing yeah in spring yeah. training he's definitely competing for a spot for sure uh which is about time <laughs> well then if they're not spending any money signing anybody else and they're not going to trade one of their catchers for an outfielder yeah. and they're deciding they are going to recreate in the aggregate uh well let's talk about the catcher thing then while we're here because well no let's do our due diligence to our boy no, no, let's, let's, let's do it at the end. Let's do it at the very end. We'll finish All right. with that. Well, yeah, with I that. mean, that's a good point because I'll probably cry. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, so the whole catcher scenario is still happening. Everybody knows the Blue Jays have three major league catchers on their roster because Marino is ready to play every day. Yeah. Um, 
Alejandro Kirk was an all-star and Danny Jansen was the best baseball player in the world last year. <laughs> in limited uh, time. Right. <laughs> He's the GOAT. Anyway, the Blue Jays have the strongest catcher trio in Major League Baseball in recent memory. And there's not enough playing time for all of them. Now, if we talk about them in terms of sheer value, Moreno is likely the highest just because he has so much team control because he has not played a full season in the big leagues yet. His service time is basically zero. Kirk would be second. Super young, lots of control, all-star, silver slugger. Improved defense tremendously the last couple seasons. And then you've got Denny Jansen, who's just like your your stalwart, your veteran. Pitchers love throwing to him. Has really good power. Does ev- does everything like above average, basically, as a catcher. He's got that classic swing. He's, looks like a ball player. Soft hands, you know. The thing is, is that Jansen's the oldest. He's only got a couple more years left of team control with arbitration until he hits free agency. And... He's the he's he's the guy that is the easiest to move because you know what you already know what you what you'd be losing with him versus with a Moreno, you don't really know yet what he's cap what he's fully capable of in the big leagues. You've seen flashes and he was very good in his flashes in, in the bigs. And you'd love to see what he can do over a full season. Kirk, you know what you've got now. He's done it for the past couple seasons. You know exactly where it is. Um, yeah, I mean, what's your opinion on this? Like, what do you think will happen with the catcher trio? Oh, this is a tough one, man. That's the biggest sigh I think I've had in two years. Because it's actually a good problem to have. It's an incredibly you've good got problem to have. too many catchers, and catching is uh, at a premium right now as far as getting value. We've already seen it in trades and signings mm-hmm. uh, in the last three weeks. Um, my two cents, I think you hold on to all three as long as humanly possible because not trading them makes them more valuable because it means they're not... If, if you act like they're not available, you get more for them realistically somebody is not going to be here long term and it's got to be one of the three and to be honest with you uh i i I think it's probably going to end up be gabriel Moreno because he's worth the most right now actually no kirk is worth the most Moreno has more potential upside kirk is great now and he's isn't he like only a few months older yeah he's not much older he's super young it's kind of ridiculous Danny Jansen is the oldest, however, he's the most experienced catcher on the team. He's also, uh, in my opinion, the best defensively, although the metrics don't quite cover my ass as well as they have in years (laughs) past with that. Uh, But Jansen had a great year on his own, and maybe it's just a fluke, but he's been working with this pitching staff for several years. Um, I think they could live without Danny Jansen. Um, but they can't live without Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, like... So... Yeah, you you just mentioned defense, and pitch framing is a big thing in baseball now until we get the true robot strike zone. Then it's meaningless. Then it is more meaningless, yep, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Chris Black, another this guy does really good threads on with like video analysis. Uh, down to Black on Twitter again, Sportsnet yeah, producer. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did a good thread yesterday. Actually, it was actually this morning on uh, pitch framing and how Alejandro Kirk is actually his pitch framing is actually worth about ten runs more than Denny Jansen's on low balls. Jansen's is still positive, but Kirk's is just very good. Obviously, being a short little dude, a short king, helps Kirky on those low pitches. Um, over the past two years, Jay's pitches at the bottom of the strike zone have been called strikes about 10% more often with Kirk behind the plate compared to Jansen. 10% is a lot in baseball. Um, yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, Kirk is able to steal strikes that are just below the zone. Chris posted a photo of a Barrios 3-1 pitch that got called a strike. And I guess Aaron Judge, that was just below the zone, that was a ball. I mean, Kirk is good at pulling those up. Jansen is really good at receiving the ball, at blocking pitches. Uh, he really presents a good target for the pitching staff. But by bringing in a guy like Bassett, to go along with Gosman and Manoa, uh, guys and Barrios, guys who like to work down in the zone with two seamers and splitters. Having a guy like Kirk who can gain you more strikes is crucial. And I'm the first guy to be. I'm the I'm the the guy that's jumping on the Danny Jansen hype train. I'm the fucking conductor of this bitch. I'm driving the. I'm driving it. And. Diane Jansen's the guy who needs to be traded if they're going to trade one of them. Plain and simple. Kirk's too good. It's too good. I'm so torn, man, because, like, it's just, like, I feel like it's a, no matter what, we're going to, you know, get maximum value out of it. I'm just, uh, I'm just upset because I, I don't like that our, we're being forced into making this decision. Yeah. It's a good situation to be in but it's also not like I, I don't like it you know those um jesus is my wingman like stickers or whatever danny jansen's okay. my wingman <laughs> i love danny jansen i really don't want to see him dealt but like if you're talking about value yeah just for you can't just crunch it all down to numbers right but yeah just for the last two uh People know that, that I had the long-running thing of if Danny Jansen has two home runs in a game, I'll buy his jersey, and then it happened this year. Twice, actually, and I did buy his jersey. I sent Patrick a picture this morning. We were, we were talking about this in our, in our chat, and uh, I have a closet in my work office where I, where I podcast from, and the only thing that hangs in that closet is, a, is my Danny Jansen jersey. What else have, do you need? I have the door open so I can like, turn around and look man? at it. So Danny Jansen watches over me while I work. He keeps me safe. Yes. So. He does. Yeah, he sees you when you're sleeping. He, he knows does. when you're awake. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm the first one to admit that I don't want to trade Danny Jansen, but at the same time, I know that he's the one who is the smartest. It's the smartest call to make, both <sighs> in terms of team control, in terms of potential of Gabe Arino and, and Kirk, and also because Jansen is making more money than both of those guys. At That's West true. West, West yeah. Term. So if you trade him, you free up some more money to spend elsewhere. It's like a small amount. It's though. very it's small. Not. It's like a it's a couple of million. Like it's not like it's gonna be like ten million dollars or something crazy. You're not gonna go out and sign Rodon because you get rid of Jansen. But yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, does yeah. it does save you a little bit of money. 
um, and it makes it easier to consider another larger deal. Um, okay. All right. So here's. Yeah. It's just what do you trade? What where, where do you trade them, and what do you get in return? Like, do you want an outfielder? Do you want more pitching depth? Like, what is it? Is it prospects? Like, that's the problem is we don't really know what he'll net. It's this is so stupid to me because like if you look at it like the perfect trading partner for us is the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it, I don't know that they would be willing to move Brian Reynolds for. Danny Jansen straight up. It's going to have to be no, Danny no. plus plus, right? I think, I, mean, uh, I don't even think, I don't even think just Moreno gets that trade done. It's got to be Moreno plus. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, Moreno is one of the highest touted prospects in baseball. And Reynolds, Brian Reynolds is one is, of the best performers offensively as an outfielder. In yeah, sure. Years. But he only comes with what? Two years of team control. And then two he's or three, yeah, gonzo. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough. It, it's, that's the thing is that, no matter how we how we swing it, pun intended, it's tough to it's tough to accurately determine what each of these three guys are worth on their own, because you don't often see star catchers traded. It just doesn't really happen. So it's tough to to accurately predict their value, because they do so much more than just their offensive and their defensive numbers. It's game calling and managing a pitching staff like it's there's so much that goes into it that we that doesn't get quantified on the stat sheet <sighs> this is tough <laughs> yeah it's hard and i mean there haven't really been any concrete rumors for us to even like pick apart because we don't know we, we know who needs catching but we don't know what they are prepared to offer yeah. so it's it's tough for us to even like make up deals because there just aren't really any that have been out there. Yeah. But I think we've kind of just like we've 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 said about as much as we can. We're going to go in circles cuz <laughs> like it's hard it's what okay, here's another thing. What this is this is way off book. Way off book. So don't this is not what I want. <laughs> Would you go one for one Reynolds for Kirk? Yeah, of course. Do you think Kirk gets it done? No. Maybe. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want to do this anymore because no. it's making me upset. It doesn't matter which one we pick, it's just it's not way working. Too difficult to... <laughs> it's not yeah. working for me. This doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. Let's move it. Let's move on from this and we talk take about a, We take a break, Patrick. This is the big Yeah, I know. This is the big sad. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, our uh friend of the show, Ross Stripling. Uh, today signed a two-year deal with the San Francisco Giants worth $25 million and includes an opt-out after the first season. A little bet-on-yourself deal for Strip. Obviously coming off an incredible season uh, where he pitched to a 301 ERA and a 311 FIP. He's 33 years old. Um, it was really his first... He started in the bullpen, of course, and then moved into the rotation after Ryu got hurt. And ran with it, and was one of the. He was, was one of the main reasons that the Blue Jays made the playoffs last year, is because he was able to stabilize the rotation. Um, everyone would have loved to see him back, but I mean, we always thought and we always said that he was probably either going to be back on the West Coast or maybe in Texas, where he, where his family lives, where he lives in the off season, and he ended up going back to the West Coast. 
where he spent a ton of time as a Dodger to start his big league career. So, I mean, he's going to a Dodger rival now, which is kind of fun. Um, so he's going to be able to pitch against his old team on um, numerous occasions. But, I mean, it's 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 a good deal for him, and we're happy for him. I'm happy for him, but, man, I really wanted him to come back for another couple of years. It would have been great, yep. It would have been a really nice uh, stopgap to have him again in place for insurance until guys like Tiedemann and maybe like Sam Roberts and other players in our minor league system are ready for big league action. Now we have Bassett for that, but <sighs> Strips just is a great guy. He came on the show. I'm just big sad. <laughs> I'm just big sad, man. I don't like it when the players that I like get uh, go elsewhere. <laughs> Um, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, that's life. But I mean, say la vie. Part of me felt like this was inevitable. Like he was gonna go collect, like get his, you know, get 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 the best deal of his career after a season like this. He uh, he's it. he's thirty three, so he'll be. There isn't is an, an opt out. How does the opt out work for him? Is it him opting out or is it yeah? The it's team? it's like the it's like how Carlos Correa had signed a two year deal with the Twins, but then had the opt out after one year and chose to opt mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. It's basically like if it, it's basically it's an insurance for for him really, mm-hmm. saying that if he has a similar year to what he just threw, he can opt out and likely get uh, like a th- maybe a three year deal with a little bit more money, or if he doesn't pitch well enough to. Um, earn a longer deal he can just stick it out and earn an extra earn that 12 and a half million next year you know so yeah okay it's it's, it's a player friendly deal for sure and team friendly because it's it's short term it's so both it's yeah both. It's, it's a but good I mean, it's a good base business deal <laughs> i'm just happy we had him for the time that we had him i was rooting for him the whole time um happy yeah. that he got his he got his big dollar sign bag of money <laughs> it's great for his family. There are teams circling around Syndergaard now, and obviously Rodon is still available. Nate Evaldi uh, is still available. Michael Waka is still available. Zach Granke is still available. Drew Smiley is still available. Rich Hill, a.k.a. Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain. Corey Kluber. Do you bring in an old veteran on this team, or do you think we're our rotation is set? It's locked in. I would still bring in somebody else, but it has to be on a good team, team-friendly term. Um, that's why we won't see Rodon. I mean, yeah, I think an, I think another two, three-year deal for somebody is is all we'll see as a pitching a pitcher. Um, um, I'm gonna call my shot right now. Okay. Are you ready for this? Go for it. I know you're gonna be mad the second I say. You're say Syndergaard, aren't you? Nope. You ready? Yep. Three year, thirty six million. Uh, front loaded. Nathan Avaldi. I wouldn't be terribly mad about that. Really, I'm surprised. I, that's the same deal we gave to Kikuchi, and I believe Avaldi would be more valuable. So. Uh, he absolutely is. He was a <laughs> five point seven more player last year or two years ago. Yep. In twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Uh, not a great year for him. He only pitched 109 innings. Uh, the numbers are, got worse, uh, and he was only a one-war pitcher. However, 
I he I think he gives us that stability we need on the back end. And there's nothing wrong. Like I think a six man rotation is fine. Mm, won't be won't be doing six man. You're not you're not gonna take away innings from your top three. So what? Uh, Kikuchi's a long man and Mitch White rots in Buffalo. Yep. I'm fine with that actually. Now yep. that I've said it out loud. <laughs> I think Kikuchi is even a short man in an ideal scenario. <laughs> Because he throws hard and he's a lefty, and right okay, now. Okay, so yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> if Avaldi is available, I don't know if twelve million dollars gets it done. I don't know what his market value is. Let's just take a quick look. Free agent pitchers. It won't be twelve million. I tell you that much. <laughs> It'll be more. I'm looking. Why am I struggling with this? He's checking. He's checking. 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 Enhance. Okay, well, I, I mean, market value $16.7 million yeah. for Nathan Avaldi with the qualifying offer. That I... He didn't take it, did he? No. Market value for Corey Kluber is $9.7 million. That's kind of attractive. Um, Michael Waka, uh, market value 11.9. Pretty, pretty much 12. Jordan Lyles, 10 mil. Um... Zach Granke, 10.4. Drew Smiley, 14. What's Tanner Roark up to these days? <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually want to know? No. Do you actually care? I don't. I was just making a joke. <laughs> he is currently a free agent. Wow. Who would have thought? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Man has family. Yeah, He got paid a lot of money by us to be shitty, so... <laughs> oh my god. I didn't say any of this. I'm sorry, Tanner Roark. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> okay, so if you go with term over market value for Evaldi, four years, 14 million? Oh, that's too much. I don't think we sign anybody else now that I look at this shit. I think it's. I think that's more and more what I'm leaning towards as well. Mm. Unfortunately. Well, then, but I mean. Let's just get it over with and trade a catcher. Let's just bite yeah, the bullet and get it done. That's the easiest way for this team to get better right now is is through trading a catcher because, and that's what why if I, that's why it, I don't think they're going to go for prospect hall. I think they're going to go for major league players. Yeah. What if, players. and this is hypothetical, what if one of them were able to play in the outfield next year? I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I mean. Does that solve the problem? No, it, it, it just adds another outfielder to the roster, which they already have plenty of. Yeah. It's So why are we talking about signing an outfielder if we have too many outfielders? Because you sign, if you sign an outfielder, you can then trade a catcher for prospects instead. Okay, but what if you don't sign an outfielder? Then you got to trade a catcher for an outfielder. Okay, and what if you sign an outfielder? Then you got to trade a catcher for prospects. <laughs> But we have, we still need another reliever, and nah, we really. I don't know if we need another reliever. I think there's, I think there's enough. Okay, I'm bullpen. on board with that. I'm on board with that. Okay. The more, the more I look at the bullpen, the more satisfied I am with the guys who are there, and the guys who are going to push from the minors to be there, like the Gates yeah. and of the world. You know. Uh, honestly, I think next year, it, it's the bullpen is so much better than oh, what yeah. it was at the start of the oh, year last yeah. year. And I honestly think teams like the Yankees and the Rays are going to be checking underneath their bed for 
Anthony Bass and Jordan Romano next year. Like I'm very play Swanson. It, I feel very very like safe at night knowing that our 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 bullpen is I out mean, there. If I had night. Jordan Romano watching over me, I would feel pretty safe too because I'd be really fucking I, safe because that dude is psycho. <laughs> In a good way, he's our psycho. Let's do one more thing before we shut this episode down, which is let's go through the depth chart for our relievers. So that way we can feel better about ourselves. Uh, let's start with Jordan oh, Romano as the closer. On a scale of 1 to 10, how strong do you feel with him at your back? 9.5. He is a, he's fucking psychotic in that pen. That's going to yeah. be weird watching the new like elevated pens. Like Oh, I love it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's going to be an animal. Uh, Timothy Meza, uh, how do you feel about him? Mm, 7.5. Mm. I'm going to go with 8. Uh, Anthony Bass. 8.5. Mm, same. Uh, Jimmy Garcia. 8.5. I'm going to say 7.5. Adam Simber. 7. I'm going to say 7.5. Uh, Trevor Richards. 7. Really? Yep. He had the most strikeouts per nine innings on the bullpen last year, I think. Uh, Zach Pop. He's going he's gonna to rebound. Zach Pop, 7. <laughs> Okay, that's good. I would love and to see Zach Pop strike more people out. The last, but not least, uh, uh, according to the depth chart on MLB.com, is uh, <laughs> Trent Thornton. He's not on there. You, you, you're forgetting Eric Swanson from the Teoscar deal. You got to look at the Fangraphs depth chart, my boy. I am sick and tired of imagine, all these, these different websites not having... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm sick and tired of Rob all these. Rob Manfred blacked out depth charts. You didn't know that. You gotta be in the right region to view them. I'm just sick and tired of this shit. Like make a, all of this shit should be on one website. Stop. It should. Yeah. All right, here. All right, let me just get back onto the page. Eric Swanson. Oh, you well, Eric Swanson's Swanson. gonna be. He's our eighth inning guy. He's potentially him, Jimmy, and Bass are all eighth inning. Relievers. You, I, Adam Simber and Tim Mesa for the seventh. We, go, dude, we need a left-handed pitcher in there. That's why I'm saying you see Kikuchi. This is sad. Kikuchi. That's why I think that yeah. I would almost rather have all right-handed starters with Mitch White as the number five and put Kikuchi in the bullpen as a. You're really going to YOLO with that. No, I think we need it. Kikuchi yeah. has to stay there as the left-handed starter. I think we need uh, another left-handed reliever, and Matt I think Gage we, could be that guy. Is he left-handed? Yes. Fucking fuck it, call him up. Sign me up. Yeah, see, see that's what yeah. that's what I was saying is our, our bullpen. Uh, unlike the starting rotation, I think the bullpen depth is now relatively tremendous, in yeah. my opinion. And I think the final spot, like if if you look at the Fangraphs depth chart, if, if Mitch White is the it, bottom yeah. of the of the of the of the totem pole here, yeah, he needs the, time. Give him time in Buffalo to the get battle his in shit spring right. training is going to be fun to watch for the bullpen. It's it's not a year where you've got like four spots open. You've There's maybe one. got one. Yeah, and I mean, Trevor Richards is on his last life now. Like he has no options. If he struggles like swim. he did this year, yeah, and doesn't quote unquote get injured, <laughs> um, swim. he could be a DFA candidate at some point. But I still think that with his changeup and with his with that strikeout play that he has, he's still pretty valuable because, like I said, he had the most strikeouts out of the bullpen last year on this Fangraphs team. has Jordan Romano ranked as sixth overall at his position. That was his power rank for for this past season, yeah. Yeah. Which is That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty 
pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you look and you look down the list. I mean, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys in the bullpen who are ranked in the top 100 in baseball, with Mesa being at 99, and then yeah, like Garcia. That's an seven. underrated. It's for, it's for Mesa. It's well, I mean, it, it's an underrated bullpen now, in my opinion. I think yeah. we've come, we've become so accustomed as Blue Jays fans to having just absolute dog shit, like yeah. mid relievers. Yeah. Um, there's always like that one. There's like two or three guys in the pen here. It's like, oh Jesus Christ! Like, why the fuck are they in the game? This year, I don't think we're gonna have that. I think that <laughs> knock on wood, we'll be we'll be relatively confident with in the bullpen going into the season. Hopefully it stays that way. For me, I'm I'm still just worried about the lack of depth beyond your top four starters. That's if Kikuchi is as bad as he was last year and Mitch White isn't good, I think you're in you're in a little bit of trouble. But yeah, because Ricky Tiedemann is not uh, probably not ready. No, he's 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 at best like a July guy this year and i i still no i'm i'm not i'm not willing to put money on that happening i'm not i Mm -hmm. i think that having a full year for him i think he'll he might i'm not sure if they're gonna push him to triple a at the start of the season or if he'll they'll keep him in new hampshire to start and then if he earns it the call up sure but they could also do the manoa route where they just put him straight to triple a and say hey kid Go through strikes, yeah. and if he pitches well, you you might see him. Has the sun set on Thomas Hatch? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Thomas Hatch. I don't even think about him, and I think about starting depth anymore. He's like, he's a minor league farmhand. Like I I think that that's a shame. It is a shame because he did show potential, but I just think that command isn't there for him to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues. He hasn't shown that ability to not walk people. uh, Yasver Zulueta, that's... Okay, I'm putting my money on him stealing away either Trevor Richards or Mitch White's spot. I still want to see Adrian Hernandez a screwball too, but... It's... Give it time. Let's see what he does next year. If if he has an up year, absolutely, he might get some innings. Yes, sir. I'd love that. There are options now. It's, it's, It's like when we look at the the depth chart for even the minor league for the bullpen like there are some options there there's guys that yeah it I just feel, used to be i feel confident in <laughs> it's just that the the bullpen used to be just diarrhea oh and yeah now it's different story now like we're this is a different we're living in a different time yep it it's 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 still a good time to be a blue jay fan even though it, it feels like there is a big hole cut out of this team and there was in the heart of the team with tay oscar leaving um there are guys here who will hopefully be able to prevent as many runs as Teoscar would have scored. <laughs> that's that's what the Blue Jays are going for. They're going for a better defense and better pitching, which, I mean... Well, you know what wins championships? Pitching. Pitching every time. Yeah, can't hit three-run home runs every at-bat. No. So, I mean, you, you, you got to have shutdown guys in the happen. pen. So who it's just a matter of like let's see who they can lean on. I'm really excited for Eric Swanson. Um, now that I remember he existed, <laughs> um, I mean it's been a while. It's been a while since I looked at these depth charts. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of there's going to be some new faces in spring training, and that's that's usually an exciting thing. Um, yep. 
and hopefully the team isn't done adding yet. I doubt they are. I mean, there's still room on this roster for a, a, an everyday out, outfielder. If, if Kiermaier is not going to be that, I don't know how I feel about him being that player. As of now, he'd be the only left-handed bat in the starting lineup, and he'd probably be hitting ninth. Um, I think the bench is relatively solid. I don't know. It, it, there's, there's room for more outfield depth. And there's room for more starting depth. And I think those are really the only two areas left that the team can improve in. And that's it. That's the story. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up, baby? Up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long off season. Uh, we'll be... We'll find time to do more or episodes. hopefully do one more before Christmas. Hopefully the Jays do something else in the next, like, ten days before we... Yeah, I could see us doing one vacation. more, but and, and then I think the holidays will probably uh, be gone again for the holidays. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be... I won't be around, so... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we'll shut her down, and then the new year we'll do our uh, grading episode. We'll do our Maybe. prospect roundup. <laughs> You don't want to do the grading episode? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> I'm kind of over it, too. Here's your grade. F. Yeah, F. Do we win a playoff game? No. F. F. <laughs> F for everyone. I know, but it's just nice to hand out Fs. That's that's all I want. I want that rush. Yeah. Okay. You know that rush that you get? I, I, I do. Yeah. I do like that. I do like it a lot. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll do some farm stuff because I want to talk about the, the farm system is not deep, but the top of it is very good. It's very top heavy. Yeah, we'll talk about some specific guys who okay. are guys to watch for and also people who um, are further down that I think can make a big, big impact in the coming this year. So okay, we'll talk about that. We'll be very selective with it. And then in, like two months from now pitchers and catchers report so there's not that much time left of yeah holy of the dog shit. days of winter the, so the uh then it all starts all over again it's gonna be stressful as fuck again yeah. oh lord it's coming but um yeah thanks as always for listening we went a little bit longer than we wanted to today but of course we what did happens when we start talking after not doing episode in a month um Follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can DM or tweet at us there. Send us any questions. If you th if you have a good uh, a suggestion on who the Jays should trade a catcher to, let us know. We'll we'll dissect it for you. Um, listen to us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our website at bfmdpodcast.com. Please leave us a review or a star rating to help more people find us. Click that follow button if you're on Spotify. That helps more people find us as well too. We appreciate all of you who listened to us this year, just in case we do not record another episode. Everyone have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. We'll be back in 2023 as always. For Patrick in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We will see you next time.